You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Quarterback movement here for Illinois football, and we're going to break it all down for you here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Welcome in. I am Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher, and today we're going to break down Illinois football's edition of Rutgers transfer quarterback, Arthur Sikowski. A lot of you probably have heard that name before, and probably not for good reason. His freshman year with the Scarlet Knights, who were 1-11, was terrible. Had four touchdowns to 18 interceptions. Yikes, it was ugly. But we need to give you some context into that year and the context of what the next couple years were, which is better and why he entered the transfer portal. But this is clearly a big move for Illinois football that changes what this quarterback room looks like heading into next year, as well as the long term and what it means for those quarterbacks in the long term, including former top prospect Isaiah Williams, who is competing for the starting job this spring. So we're going to break this down into two parts. I'm going to start off with a lot about Arthur Sikowski. What happened at Rutgers? What did he show that first year? Why did that disaster of a first year happen? What is the context of it? And what did he show the last couple years? And what could a change of scenery mean for him? Bobby Darren covers Rutgers for 24-7 Sports. He's been doing it for a long time. He joins me to break down art. Then Joey Wagner, Lana Inquirer, is going to join me. And we'll talk about what this means for Illinois, what this means for the long term of what Tony Peterson wants at that quarterback position, how Sikowski fits that mold, and what this means for Isaiah Williams, Matt Robinson, Karan Taylor, Deuce Span, Samari Collier, and uh, what it means for the 2021 season as well, which could be a little bit underrated in all of this. So when we come back. Let's get some insight on Arthur Sikowski from Bobby Darren, who covers the Scarlet Knights for 24-7 Sports. That's next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Let's get some insight on the Illini's new quarterback, Arthur Sikowski. I think a a lot of Big Ten fans know that name, maybe not for great reasons, uh, given the season he had a couple years ago, but certainly a guy with talent. And and Bobby Darren, who covers Rutgers in New Jersey, where where Sikowski obviously was a big name as a prep prospect. Bobby, just what was your initial reaction uh, when I texted you or (laughs) you saw the news that Art Sikowski is coming to Illinois? You know, I was surprised. I didn't even realize they were in with him. I, I mean, when he transferred, and we were obviously doing our other stuff, so I didn't really keep up with him after the transfer. But I, I think it's a, it's a good landing spot for him. I mean, he's a guy who always had all the tools, but just could never quite put it all together. But, you know, Jeremy, he also um, was really forced into action prematurely as a, as a true freshman and didn't have the best supporting cast at all. You know, didn't have much of an offensive line, didn't have receivers that could stretch the field. So he probably really should have redshirted. And to get thrown in that situation was kind of a no-win situation. But um, I think it's a great landing spot for him. He's got a ton of potential. If if he can kind of get things right, he, he could really fit well with the Illini. Yeah, I, I'd written about him this morning because I, I I just knew he was on their radar. I didn't know it was this hot, Bobby, so I didn't I didn't even think to reach out to you yet. Um, but I wrote, hey, if you remember mm-hmm. just his freshman year, right, then the numbers were, were bad. Right. They were just bad. Four touchdowns, 18 interceptions. If you remember just that, you're thinking, what are they doing here? Uh, so can you kind of give me mm-hmm. some context 
to that freshman year? Like how much do you actually put into that? Um, you know, I don't put a ton because he, he start he played at Old Bridge in New Jersey before going to IMG his senior year in, in Florida. And Old Bridge was kind of a wing T old school offense. So we didn't get a ton of training there. Went down to IMG and wound up having to back up a, a, another guy. I, the name escapes me now, but he wound up going, I believe, to Minnesota. Um, so he didn't get a lot of training while he was in high school. And, and then they comes to the Big Ten and they say, here, kid, um, resurrect our offense. But you really don't have an offensive line. You don't have receivers who can stretch the field. So he was really limited in what he could do. It was kind of, no, like I said, a no-win situation. And he really needed some time to kind of settle in. Everything was coming at him a million miles an hour. And, you know, they, they couldn't throw the ball deep. They didn't have time to throw the ball deep. And they didn't have the receivers that could get separation downfield. So uh, it, it really, it, it almost stifled his development in, in a sense. And, you know, then when uh, the new staff came in um, with Sean Gleason as the offensive coordinator and under Greg Schiano, they're running a different kind of offense where, where the quarterback is more mobile. And, and that's just not his thing. He can get some yards if needed, but he's not a guy that's going to be a dual threat. What did he show growth-wise the last two years? Because he didn't play a lot, but he did start a few games. Completion percentage was 64% the last two years and limited reps. Uh, Touchdown-interception ratio was much improved from 4 to 2. It didn't set the world on fire, but what did you see from him the last two years? I saw better decision-making. If you think back, um, not last year, the prior year, he, he started a game early in the season before he opted to redshirt after Chris Ash was fired. Uh, he played against Boston College and threw for over 300 yards. And if you go back and you look at that tape, he made some throws that he wasn't making the prior year. He, he was making reads better. He was kind of settling in. Uh, the first year, everything was coming out of a million miles an hour. And, you know, yeah, he was facing a, a nasty pass rush. He was getting pummeled. I mean, he, he was a true freshman starting at Ohio State. And, there, there was a couple hits, um, you know, you, you just you just cringed and you said, oh, my goodness, that kid, is he going to get up from it? Um, so he really kind of settled in and started to survey the field better, started to make some better reads. That was one of the knocks on him, you know, is kind of processing the defense and, and you know, making those checks and, and sometimes forcing the ball in the tight windows. But, you know, the high interceptions that first year, he really had nowhere to go with the ball. He was just mm-hmm. trying to make something happen. So he's joining, I mean, you've seen Brett Bielma's offenses, I believe, in the Big Ten, Um, and he's joining an offense that has big, strong pocket passers have kind of been there. So what do you think Art needs uh, to succeed, and and what what do you think of his fit here at Illinois? I think it's a great fit. I think he's going to need some some time to, to, you know, just to settle in and and, and throw the ball. And by time, I mean, you know, time in the pocket – you know, once he starts to get comfortable and gets a feel for it, and, and he has some receivers that, that can make some things happen, it'll take a lot of pressure off him trying to make everything happen. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's a tough kid. He's hard working. He's a great kid to be around, great kid to talk to. Everything happens so fast for him, and, and it was even like that at the high school level. The first time I saw him at a camp, he, you know, he was this big kid that you could tell he was, you know, going to be a college quarterback, but he hadn't started a game in high school, and he already had like three offers. So, you know, it, everything kind of moved a little too fast for him, and I think that's kind of been the story of his whole career, that he just wasn't ready for the situations he was put in. And I think he just needs some time and needs some coaching, um, you know, needs to develop a little more at the position. But, you know, he has all the tools. If he can just settle in, they can give him some time and, and, and get some guys open. Um, you know, he, he can start to pick up some momentum and really get things going, and he's got a lot of time left to play. What are those tools, Bobby? Uh, just, uh, physical. I mean, he throws the ball and he, he's got a cannon. I mean, his first spring, actually, when he was, um, you know, up at Rutgers as an early enrollee, he made some tremendous passes downfield and, and, and was on the money with some stuff. Now, spring practice, you're not facing a real live pass rush, but he can throw the ball downfield. He can get it there. Um, you know, it, it's all the other things that were kind of, you know, working against them. The rush, you know what I mean? The guy's not getting open, and, and, and it feels like everything was just kind of, like I said, forced. But he made some throws that first year that it, it made you think, wow, this kid could be really good. Um, but, you know, just a tough kid, hardworking. Uh, like you said, he, he's a guy that everybody at Rutgers really got behind and really likes. And, and these fans are going to be rooting for him even when he's with Illinois because 
he's such a dedicated, hardworking, uh, likable kid. Uh, he's got good leadership qualities. Uh, he's got everything you kind of want in a quarterback. He's just got to put it all together. How did he handle being the, you know, I think it's some people had him as a four star. I think he, he went down a little bit when Anikstad, Zach Anikstad was the starter at IMG and in Minnesota, he, he got more mm-hmm. of the playing time at IMG. And I think, you know, his, his profile went down, decommitted from Miami, and then he commits to um, Rutgers. How did he deal with that spotlight mm-hmm. and, and just kind of being that hometown kid at this program that, you know, people were probably looking at him, I would imagine, Bobby, like a savior. Yeah, and he was great. I mean, we would talk to him after every game that season. His first season, I believe they, that was uh, 18. The years get mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. We were 1-11. and 11. And after every game, you know, some guys, you know how it is in, in a big loss, guys don't want to talk to the media. He would come out and he would answer every question. He, he, he was, he's got great character. I mean, he handled that four-star stuff, the, the – all the stuff, the benching. I mean, when you would look at him on the sidelines, when he didn't win that quarterback job, he would be the first one jumping up and down for Noah Vedro last year when he made a good play. Just a really good team player, and he handled everything like a champ. I mean, it wasn't easy that first year, and he put everything on his shoulders, didn't blame anybody, and did a really commendable job of handling all that adversity. Bobby, anything else you want to add about Art that, that Illini fans should know? Um... Just, just a, a genuine good kid. I mean, he's a kid that you can really root for, and and even I'll be you know keeping an eye on him, hoping he does well. He's one of those guys that you look and you go, wow, this guy has all the makings of a great quarterback, and it just didn't happen at Rutgers. But he's a guy that those fans should be excited about because, like I said, if he puts it all together, he could be something special, and he's going to work tirelessly to make that happen. And Bobby, um, Illinois is going into New Jersey and getting some kids, uh, Donovan Leary and Owen Anderson the last couple of weeks. But I I do want to bring this up because I don't know if people are paying attention to what uh, Greg Schiano is doing in recruiting. Uh, but boy, he is doing some work right now. Uh, number seven class and nationally, number two in the Big Ten. Uh, what's going so well with Greg Schiano there, and what's what's it like around that that uh, football program right now? Well, he has you know he has a great staff with him. He, the first time around, he didn't have the assistant coach money to use, and now he's got. You know, Sean Gleason came over from Oklahoma State. He wasn't able to pay uh, an assistant coach to, to run the offense nine hundred grand last time around. So he was kind of hamstringed in that regard. And also he didn't have the Big Ten to sell. But Greg was always a really good recruiter. His last class before he was leaving uh, to go to Tampa Bay, he – uh, he left a few days before signing day, and, and he lost uh, one or two guys you know, because he left. But that class stayed intact, and they, I think, finished 24th in the nation. So he was on the trajectory to keep doing what he's doing. Um, it's, he's just a great salesman. Um, you know, when, when um, he goes in to close, he, he's genuine. Uh, he, he connects with these kids, and his staff is doing the same thing. So they've really put in a full-force effort to, uh, to really make it happen with recruiting. And he's just, he's just a really good uh, – um, he's just a really good recruiter. Yeah. Well, Bobby, I know you've covered some lean years there, so uh, and, and so have I. So it'd be nice to see us cover some Illinois Rutgers games that really matter <laughs> down the stretch here. Uh, with yeah, it, and it, it's a completely different thing. You know, when I was around the first time Greg was here, and so it's been up and down, and, yeah. and we're starting to see that go back up. So it's definitely uh, more intriguing to, to cover, to say the least, and, it, and it's great for the fan base because they're finally excited about something, and, and they have good reason to be. Well, Bobby, appreciate your time on short notice with the family around. Really appreciate it, man, and uh, thanks for the insight. I know fans loved it. Anytime, Jeremy, anytime. All right, great stuff with Bobby Darren, 24-7 Sports, covers Scarlet Knights. I thought that was great insight into Arthur Sikowski. So next, let's break down what it all means for Illinois football and the quarterbacks currently on the roster and the future under Tony Peterson. That's next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast and caught up with Bobby Darren for the Rucker side of this. Give us some insight into what Arthur Sikowski is going to bring to Illinois. But let's focus on the Illinois side of things. And Joey Wagner, Illini Enquirer, is here with me now. Uh, Joey, I'll just let you go. Like, what was your reaction, first of all, when you saw Arthur Sikowski, Rucker's transfer quarterback, has committed to Illinois? Change is afoot. Right. I mean, it's coming in in some way, shape or form. This quarterback room is going to look different than what we have known it to look. And, you know, we'll see if there's attrition in there. But but bringing him in here indicates that he's going to have a chance to compete, to get out there on Saturdays and and get a a chance to kind of redeem himself. You know, I, I thought a lot about the 2018 and let's just get it out of the way. Right. Those stats were not good. I mean, it's just really bad. And then I went back and I thought, and I thought, okay, the, the year that Illinois had all those freshmen in the starting lineup, right? It was just one after another. None of them was a quarterback. None of them had the ball in their hands every single play. And they still struggled because it's really hard to do. It is really hard to play in the Big Ten as a true freshman. And then you put the fact that you're a quarterback on top of it and you've got to read all these defenses. I, I thought, uh, obviously, the stats jump out. And I thought, you know what? Maybe It's just probably not that fair to lean on that year. Yeah. And, um, that that's on paper. It's on record, right? Um, what, what is not on that paper is context. Uh, and, and that gets lost a lot of times. If, if, if you only know Arthur Sikowski from that freshman year, which is Joey, how most people remember him, you're going to think that was one of the worst quarterback performances in a season ever. Right. I mean, ever in college football, but people don't think about like at IMG Academy, uh, and this was this was a, an issue. He didn't start. Zach Anikstad was their starter, and he's a walk-on at Minnesota. And, and Zach started some games as a freshman at Minnesota. So that tells you a little bit about how good he was, even though he's a walk-on. Um, but at Rutgers, we got to remember how bad that program was, especially that year. Um, and they just throw this guy to the Wolves, who didn't really play that much quarterback his senior season of high school. And then they're asking him, with really the worst talent around him in the Big Ten, go get it, kid. Right, Go get it. And he throws four touchdowns, 18 interceptions. That's not too big of a surprise. But I will say, if you just – that's all you remember from him. The last two years, he had a 64% completion rate. Uh, didn't throw the ball for many yards per, per attempt, and he's got to digest the game better from what I understand. But four touchdowns to two interceptions. He's got an, an NFL kind of arm. Right. And he is of the mold of what Tony Peterson wants. And you said it changes afoot. This quarterback room, we knew when Tony Peterson was hired, it's going to look a lot different. Like It's going to look a lot different. And this is what happens when new coaching staff with a different kind of system comes in is there's going to be huge change. And Brandon Peters, they wanted him back because he fits their mold. Arthur Sikowski, Looks a lot like Brandon Peters, six foot five, two hundred twenty-four pounds, great arm, but didn't work out at his first Big Ten stop. And they think, and and this isn't just me talking, they think that a year behind Brandon Peters, that that he can learn the game, Tony Peterson can coach him up, and that they can get the most out of him. Because last couple years he was fine at Rutgers, but they were starting to change to more of a dual threat scheme, Joey. And and now he goes back to more of a pro-style traditional kind of offense. And you see if you can unlock the potential here. Um, But it certainly, he feels like to me, the heir apparent to Brandon Peters, or that is the idea here, which of course means what's next for all those other quarterbacks, especially Isaiah Williams. So let's look at that thought process here because a lot of well, – let's just look at the class of 2022 quickly and I'll, you'll see why I'm kind of drawn to this. It, you know, they take some takes and it's like, okay, maybe the rankings aren't there, right? Like maybe, I don't know. And then the, the, the thought is Brett and his coaching staff want to see this talent and they have this belief that they can take these skills and help develop it into the player they want. They believe in their player development system. Frankly, they've got a track record of that working – so now they're just applying it in a different light, really, right? With a transfer instead of a high school kid. And and it's but it's the same conceptually, it's the same idea. Okay, we like what he does, X, Y, and Z. We think we can help him do X, Y, and Z better, or you know, hone all that. And you know, you might have a pretty solid quarterback on your hands. And and now you're starting to see a we, we I mean, Jeremy, we knew the the prototype that they wanted in a quarterback. I mean, this is not shocking, but it doubles down. It, I mean it. it 
it's very clear to us that that they want a, a big frame pro style, big arm. I mean, it's it's all there, right? Now it's, okay, what happens to the rest of the room? Because, look, that was a really crowded room to begin with. Uh, this spring, there's a lot of scholarship quarterbacks in the room. So so now what happens? What's the next domino? And, and look, this happens with, A, a new coaching staff, and, B, with any coaching staff after spring ball, right? Conversations happen. You see, okay, I got X number of snaps. Okay, that might not be what I was after. And, and things change. Now it's a new world of college athletics. So things change easier for kids. So I mean, this was change was always going to happen in some way, but now we're starting to see a little bit of a clearer picture of what they want on the other end of that. Yeah, at first it was all like hypothetical, right? Of oh, what are they? What are they going to look for? And then they started offering kids, and and Sam Horn, I believe, was the first one. He's a six right. foot four kid, and they're like, all right, there we go. That's what yeah. they're looking for. Then Taven Jackson, uh, Trace Jackson Davis's brother. He's a big pocket passing quarterback, just committed to Tennessee uh, today. He's a really good prospect. And then they go to Donovan Leary, who didn't have a great season as a junior, right? But they see the skills, they like it, and they think they can bring him in here and Tony can develop him. Time will tell on that, right? Whether whether Donovan or Art or whoever they bring in next is the right guy and they can or develop Brandon, him. Or Brandon yeah. in, in three months, right? I mean, it's yeah. all, yeah, we don't know. And hey, I mean, uh, maybe maybe Art. I mean, at least you have a guy who's got Big Ten experience, right? For a backup, Brandon hasn't stayed healthy through an entire season. Whether it's been concussions or whether it was obviously COVID last year, it's a little bit different. But he hasn't played a full season, so you need a backup you are comfortable with as well. And. Art's going to be immediately eligible. He's got three years of eligibility left with last year being a free year, but he also has basically what 400, you know, pass attempts already in the big 10. So there's a little bit of value here in 2021 as well, that the drop off of, of what they might think is Brandon to their next guy. Um, they have a guy who fits the mold more of what they want possibly. And let's get into the Isaiah Williams conversation because I'm a believer in Isaiah Williams, but is it a square peg in a round hole? I mean, that's what we're looking at at this point. And I don't know what the future holds for Isaiah. And he had a chance. I think the coaching staff really gave him a chance, but it's clear Brandon was far ahead of him. I do think they can put in Isaiah and, and, and be competitive and win a game if they need to. Um, but I don't know if that's the kind of offense they want. What does Tony prioritize most? It's decision-making. It's accuracy, right? And, and Art certainly got to improve some decision-making things. But Brandon, I think, in the right scheme, can, can do those things a little bit better, especially the accuracy part, getting the ball you know, consistently where they want. And obviously they think Art, who the last two years has 64% completion rate, uh, can do that as well. So does this mean Isaiah Williams moving to wide receiver? I'm not sure about that yet. But, but to me, if you take a kid like this, Joey, who probably could have gone to the FCS level, started right away, um, if, if, if you're bringing him in, I don't know if they're guaranteeing a starting spot in 2022, but he certainly thinks he's got a good chance at that. I don't think he comes here if he, if he doesn't. Yeah. And look, Isaiah is going into his third year as a college athlete. It, yeah. Make sure my ears are right. Third year here. At what point does he want to be on the field consistently? And and if it's now, and let's be honest for every college athlete ever, it's always now or sooner, right? You always want to be on the football field. Does he go and say, look, he's a very, very smart kid. Hey, I see, I, I see, you know, how this is all kind of lining up here is my best opportunity elsewhere. And we might be getting a little further ahead of ourselves right now today than we need to be. But it's a, it's a legit question. I mean, when you take somebody like this, Joe, like, yeah, right, I mean, pe right. people are going to be talking about this, whether it's, you know, Isaiah, I, I think he wants to be here, right? Like, I, you know, people can speculate. Yeah, if they I don't, want to. I, that really didn't come through my mind too much. I, I think he wants to be here. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's always known. He's never said, like, I won't do that, right? I'm, I'm only a quarterback. Yep. He just wants a chance to be a quarterback and he certainly had that chance and I thought he was the better quarterback on the Illini roster last year when he was on the field and frankly I thought he did when he was with the ones in the spring game I thought he was fine I mean I didn't think he was gonna wow everybody to ever watch him play football but I thought he was fine and I, I you know probably wasn't the fairest of shakes he got in that spring game and in that first half um, just the way that everything lined up but to your point He's, I mean, he said he loves playing quarterback. I don't want anyone to walk away thinking like, 
yeah, he'll move because he wants to play. He loves quarterback. And if that's, you know, if that's the road he goes, I think he'd do cartwheels, right? I mean, that is something he loves to do. He's very good at it. He's very intelligent. But is there a better road right now or in 22, right? I mean, right now, maybe Isaiah is still your best option as a backup quarterback because sure. he's had a spring with Tony Peterson because he, he also has had experience. So, so maybe that's the best option for him right now, but is this a conversation we're still having a year from now as they wrap up next spring practice? I don't know, but at some point, this is something that is going to kind of linger a little bit until we get a little bit more clear of an answer. We're able to see a little bit more clear direction. Well, and if you didn't have like such a sketchy wide receiver, like situation, correct? I, I think you'd sit there and go, man, we got, we got Peters and Sikowski and Williams guys who have all played big 10 games, right. And, and had some good games there. That's a good situation. Like that's what you want, right. You're thinking, you know, all these other programs can have multiple quarterbacks who can compete. Like that would be a good situation, but the wide receiver position is, is, you know, such a big question mark that Isaiah could make an impact there. And let's be honest, if he, if he's going to play football, you know, for a living, it's, it's probably not going to be a quarterback. Right. So like, I, I think there, if you want to be a college quarterback, that's awesome. Like I, I would want to be a college quarterback too, but you know, I'm sure that's a conversation. I mean, they're having their exit meetings now, right. From the spring of what we think of you, what we think of your evaluation for some guys, it's going to be, we don't see you here. Right. Like we don't, we don't see you fitting what we want for other guys. It might be, and Brett said, this, this is all like on the record, Brett, like, Hey, we might change positions here. Right. Or this is what you need to do to improve. So all those things are happening right now. I think even more than Isaiah, I think it shows the guys lower on the depth chart, man, like that, that's who it impacts more. And I think yeah. that that's where it's like, man, I, Karante or Matt Robinson, I, I don't think they're ever, I think their best shot was last year for, for Karan, for, for Matt Robinson, who's had some starts in, in, in the big 10, you know, and then a guy like Deuce Span, who was recruited for a completely different system. Right. And, and I think he's got a really high ceiling as a dual threat quarterback, but for what Tony wants and what their skill set is, I think it leaves huge question marks about where those guys fit in. And, and I, I think arts, obviously what they're looking for. And a lot of those other guys don't fit that. Yeah. And to your point with Isaiah, Jeremy, the clock is kind of ticking now. If your hope is he can be an impact as a wide receiver, you got to make this move sooner rather than later. You got to give him a summer to dive into what he wants to dive into and you've got to have him ready to go by fall camp. Otherwise you're not doing yourselves as a team any favors. You're not doing him any favors and it's going to be harder to make an impact. I hate to interrupt you, yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah. but I, I just want to say like, and that's why it's so important to add Sikowski now, right? Is you need a, like you felt hamstrung. Like I can't even talk about moving Isaiah because the cliff from him to the next guy you thought on the roster is pretty big. And we've talked about that. Yeah. There's a gap, a pretty good gap there. Yeah. So he's almost more valuable as a backup quarterback than he would be as a guy getting 20 snaps at, at wide receiver, potentially. Yeah. And I, I just think if this is something they're interested in doing, and look, let's be clear, we're reading some tea leaves here. I mean, I, yeah. I, I've not heard, I don't know that you've heard that this is like something they're trying to put their foot on the gas for. But if you put the puzzle pieces together, you can see a road there. You can see how. If they wanted to end up there, it would make sense. And yeah, you're right. I mean, need a backup quarterback, man. Like you can't not have one. And and then to your point, as you get further down this very very crowded room, if you're someone below, if you're if you were a third or a fourth or a fifth stringer before this, you've got to ask yourself some hard questions about is this really the fit for me? And remember, they have Samari Collier coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got he signed a letter of intent to to be here this summer. Uh, so, so you've got to ask, you've got to ask what's right for you. And, and if this is a road and, and you know, look again, this is just part of part of college football, right? I mean, you recruit, you always recruit the best player you can get who's in front of you in that very second right now, that was art. And well, I, you know what I, I think if you tell him, Hey, this is, you know, effectively a, a quote unquote pseudo red shirt, maybe, maybe a chance if there's an injury or whatever that could work out for him. Right. Learn Tony's offense. And, but, but here's the thing, man, in, in college football, there's not really a lot of time to slow play how you want to build a roster or how you want to get a start on developing people. And, and Brett, I mean, it's not like Brett was hired in March. That, that would have changed things 
dramatically looking at you, Kansas, that is going to be a very big challenge in uh, Lawrence. But there isn't a lot of time. And Brett's got to put his stamp of what he wants. And you get through the spring and you get a total eval of what you've got. And you've got to figure it out from there. And, and you can't, well, maybe we can do a little bit now and a little bit late. you got to be all in, man. That, that's just part of this thing to keep it moving and get it going. And, and you, we've got to remember, Jeremy, they've got not to, to they've got this opportunity with the super senior rule that things can happen decent for them pretty quickly, but they can't slow play the other ends of that. They've got to be all ready to roll here. And I think this shows that. I just wanted to bring this up uh, just, just to give people a little bit of context because uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people understandably given that freshman year and, and the stats we went back to, who think, man, this is, I don't know about this one, right? And, and that's fair. I, I don't know how it'll work. Um, but when you look at the skill set and you look at the experience and look at the years of eligibility and you look at Illinois' quarterback room, I'll just be honest, I think this is a solid take. I, I think this is a, a low-risk, uh, potentially high-reward if he's a starter, a solid starter for you. And just to compare, um, Brandon Peters last year, had 106.2 pass efficiency rating, right? 39 of 80 passing, 5.4 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. It was a bad year for Brandon. And I'm not saying Sikowski's year was great, okay? But he had 121 passer rating. That's 15 points better. Um, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, same as Peters. 5.4 yards per pass attempt. Not good, right? Not good. Um, I, I won't defend that. But a 63% completion rate, 52 of 82 passing. Um, Sikowski was a more efficient quarterback than Brandon Peters was last year. Uh, the last two years, he's got similar numbers, uh, to, to Brandon Peters. Basically when you just take efficiency, Peters started more games, won games, won big games for Illinois. Um, but that's what they see. They see that they're throwing out that freshman year. And that's why I think there's a, there's a solid take for what the quarterback position is for Illinois. And we did this before spring, Joey, when we're like, Hey, are they actually having a quarterback competition? Um, that this quarterback position still has to be fixed, right? Like we might have an idea of what Brandon Peters could be with the new coaching staff. And I think it's, this offense is really going to help him to be a solid quarterback again. But uh, Isaiah Williams, we, we think, you know, he, he can do some nice things, but, but can he be the game changer at quarterback in this offense for this team, for this program? That's still an uncertainty. And all these other guys are just ideas at this point. So while I think the talent in that room, raw talent has improved. When it comes to the fit for this, this team, uh, they still had to address it. And the fact that you get a three-year guy, you get him in now where he's got kind of a season to develop, to learn, to an off-season to develop and learn, and then possibly take the reins. Um, this is much better of a bridge situation of what um, Brett Bielema and Tony Peterson are doing than what Lovey Smith and he, the terrible quarterback room he took over after Wes was done, and they didn't get anybody to be the bridge. So at least I that's think, why they need a bridge right now. Yeah. So I, I think that that's why I like that you're at least setting a solid foundation where you at least you know have a, you have a guy who's talented and who has Big Ten experience. Yeah, look, you can right now kind of see a bridge developing, right? Brandon Peters, 21, Art for 22, 23. And look, I've got the caveat, assuming that they get what they think they can get out of these guys, right? And then 23 beyond, you have Leary. And then you go from there and look, this might all completely fall apart and it might not work even at all. But you can see... You can almost read a little bit of how they're thinking. It's like, okay, you know, this could be a timeline where things work. And again, if you believe in Brett Bielema and his coaching staff's ability to identify recruits, develop them, let them sit and get ready as true freshmen and to be ready after that. If you believe in their ability to take some of these younger players already on the roster and help them reach another level, then you kind of have to extend some of that leeway to this a little bit because they believe in him. They, Certainly, we have to assume there are going to be more quarterbacks in the transfer portal, and they could have waited and saw what came out and went, but they like what they see here. And look, go back to his time at IMG. There are some other nice programs that liked what they saw. He had, uh, he had offers He had offers after his junior year, like when he was just in New Jersey. And look at that offer list. 
It's a good offer list. <laughs> can can, can I read them? You talk, you finish your thought, and I will give you the offer list he had out of. As a, I think it was as a junior. I think some of right. them fell off as a senior when he got was a backup at IMG. But go ahead. I, I just none of there's a different world, Jeremy, where this kid's not 18 years old in the Big Ten touching the football every single play. He should have redshirted. And he should have redshirted. He, he maybe should have redshirted and also had a year. To develop because that's what quarterbacks take sometimes. Not every quarterback is a hot shot Trevor Lawrence. That doesn't exist all the time. But the, and you don't know the, the trickle down effect, right? You walk out there, you throw twenty interceptions in your eighteen, and and look. And to be honest like, with you, the fact that he came back the next couple of years, and you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be good. I, I'm just. I think we're react. I, I think we're reacting to like the text I got from my boy Trevor Valise saying he's awful. Right. Like, why are we taking him? I don't, those aren't his exact words, but it was like, that's what I remember. And it's like, well, there's context to that. Um, and the last couple of years, I mean, Illinois watched his film from the last couple of years and liked what they saw. They said, there's, there's something there to where, you know, we got to throw out, you know, 18 year old Art Sikowski playing for the worst team in the big 10 against Maybe Ohio state. Five. Pretty yeah. close to the power five, right? And, and, and playing against Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State and Penn State, like that side of the conference, you just kind of throw that out. Um, that's what they're doing. Maybe it's foolhardy, but I don't think it is uh, based yeah. on what their quarterback situation is. And here, here's the offer list. Yeah. Miami, Boston College, Duke, Florida, Indiana, Iowa, Louisville, LSU, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, NC State, North Carolina, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Pittsburgh, Purdue, South Carolina, Syracuse, Temple, Tennessee, UCLA, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Wisconsin. So while I don't think a lot of the schools were taking him by his senior year, they saw something in him as a junior to think, we want that guy or we're going to offer that guy at the very least. So the talent is there. Now it's up to Tony Peterson uh, to put it all together. Hey, man. And maybe in two years we look back and we say, yeah, that freshman year tape was pretty much uh, pretty close to what, we, what it ended up being. Yeah. But maybe not. But if you're at Illinois and you've got this position that you – I mean, and look, I, I say you haven't been able to solve – this coaching staff had nothing to do with the inability to solve the quarterback position. But collectively as a program, it has been a very tough egg to crack. <laughs> and if you get a chance to maybe – to bridge yourself two valuable years, I'm assuming two, right? One Peters this year and potentially two next year. Dude, that is like a gold mine if you don't have to worry about that position for two years. Well, we got to think of Brett Bielema too and his history of quarterbacks or even Tony Peterson. Um, you know, Jeff Driscoll is one of the names he brings up a lot. And I think he thinks of that as, you know, a really big success story of, you know, transferring from Florida as this ballet. Reclamation who, project. A yeah. Little bit. And, and yeah. you know, had this reclamation project. I think we'll know a lot more about what Tony can do after his year with Brandon. Right. And see what he can get out of him because we know the talent is there, but it's just about, you know, can he, can he put it all together as both a leader and just, you know, certain games, it just, he kind of disappears and, you know, it just seems like the adversity was too much for him to handle. But you think of like the quarterbacks at Wisconsin, right? I don't think we're looking at, as you said, these, these NFL draft picks. No, but you take a John Stocko, right? You took a Brooks Bollinger, you know, a guy that was not under Bielema, but Jack Cohn. It was a really solid quarterback for them. Joel Stave. You know, please mention my guy, Scott Tolzien, if you if you could, please. Scott Tolzien? Yeah, that, that was the guy that was in my head. I couldn't even think of his <laughs> name. But, like, that's that's what they want, right? That, that is a good decision makers with a good run game and some wide receivers and tight ends and an offensive line that, that make his job easier, and he just makes the good decisions to lead him down in these touchdown drives. Look, we've talked about this before. If you're if you're asking and, and what we expect this offense to be, if you're asking your quarterback to have to line it up and, and gun it down the field 35 or 40 times a game, something's gone wrong before that 40th pass because that's not what they want. That's not what they're asking. They're not asking for an average tight yards in the air of 25 yards. That's not it. That, that's not what this coaching staff seeks. And if you can take some of these skills and fit it into there – I mean, this doesn't have to be a Heisman winning quarterback. I mean, that's just not what, what they're they're looking for here. This is a little more balanced. So look, maybe it won't work out. Hell, who knows, do, right? I mean, do we have to do some fist pumps on this pod? Like all the New Jersey dudes they're getting. Gotta get down by the shore. And you can if you'd like. 
<laughs> no, it's, it's it's interesting, right? Three New Jersey guys in the last couple of weeks, two New Jersey quarterbacks. There's good football in Jersey. I remember uh, Buckus went out there for for uh, a a bike. So, <laughs> um, I forgot who was recruit. Really good player. Um, ended up being really good. I forget, I think he went to NC State, but uh, went out there before a Rutgers game and recruited some guys. But um, you know, Owen Anderson today. We'll, we'll give a little thoughts on him. I think that's a really good Big Ten recruiting one. Michigan State wanted him, and Illinois. Just out recruited them, and and Michigan State. I know it's a different coaching staff. Didn't have a good year last year. Kind of rebuilding in the Big Ten East uh, under their new coach Mel Tucker. But like uh, that, that's a program with a lot of success, some some tight end success in their past. And Illinois sold Brett Bielma's success with tight ends, Tony Peterson's success with tight ends at Minnesota with Ben Utech and and some of those guys. So uh, that that's a, that's an impressive recruiting win, even though he's not the highest ranked guy. That's a huge position in need. A good prospect who's who's grown a lot, added a lot of strength, and and certainly looks like he can be a solid receiver and 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 grow as a blocker for them. So that's just a, a nice Big Ten recruiting win. And I, the thing I would say about recruiting right now is six commits leads the Big Ten West. Um, the average star rating I think is still lowest in the Big Ten. So if you don't want to go crazy about it, that's fine. We'll see what these prospects are in a couple of years, Joey. But the process of that's our guy, go land guy. They do it. Like they've been able to do that with their guys. I think are gettable a nice couple power five wins with Hank Beatty and Owen Anderson. Now, like um, I like the process they go about and they can convince guys to, to jump on board early, which was a big problem uh, for Lovey Smith staff. Yeah. You know, quickly on Owen Anderson. I'll tell you, Jim, we we've talked a lot about spring ball and what to make of it. And, I, and, and I've written it. We talked about like, Oh, the tight ends, the tight ends, the tight ends. And, and really, we're going by one game and a couple of position changes and some offers. But really, there, there is a history to it. And I don't think we're f- too far ahead of ourselves in understanding that that's going to be an important position. And clearly, Owen Anderson saw it and he was like, yes, please. I'd love to be a part of that. And and to your point, the processes, you know, I know people look at the ratings and and I get it. And there's always, especially right now, I don't know how many classes we're going to have to have this conversation about the, the COVID and the can't see him and, and this and the other. And, and I understand all of that. But they look at, there's not a big recruiting miss list. Of, and I don't mean guys they've offered, right? I mean guys that it's like, hello, we would like you. We're going to call you a lot until this happens. And there's a lot of ball game left. There are going to be some misses and Deuce McGuire was a miss. I mean, they, they put some effort into getting him. They did not get him, but to, yeah, they, they lock on. They say, this is what we want. We're, don't overcomplicate it. We're, we're interested in you for this position. We like it. And you go and you get it done. And, and we'll see a lot more here. I, I think there's some official weekends up here that are going to be really telling. And I, I, frankly, and what we know about Brett Bielema, probably a pretty good spot for Brad Bieler because he's a really personable guy. And in person, he can really command a room and, and let some of that stuff shine through a little bit. But you're right. I, I was thinking today, there's six commits right now. It's April 28th. Last year, it took until May 3rd, I think, for the second commitment yeah. of the class. Trevor now, Moffitt, sorry, I believe. Uh, Prince Green. Prince Green. Yeah. Prince Green, yeah. Now, now – Samari Collier committed in like 2006, but it, it took a while. And then it all happened quickly, right? Like it, it went very, very fast. But, you know, hey, man, it's uh, they're doing what they want. And there's yeah. a lot of fish out there to get still. I mean, there's a lot of talent. They're, they're in fairly deep on it appears, right? I mean, there, there's some gets out there. And if they can, you, you'd probably change your, if you're a fan who's maybe a little on the fence, you'd probably change your scope of what they're doing. But there's a plan in place. And again, Brett's not here to wait around and slow play, man. He wasn't yeah. slow playing how he wants this roster. He's not slow playing how he wants the roster in two years. He, he's a man who, who's looking at it and hitting the gas to get it done. And that's a little bit different, I think, than what we've seen. Yeah, my last thought is here. Uh, if your expectations were Brett Bielmo was going to come here and sign a top 25 class, that was probably, you know, fool's gold. Uh, Who told you that? Not, it was not a- yeah, not not based on history. What, what did Brett Bielma do at Wisconsin? He landed 35 to 50, and he developed them. They were a development program. And I, I've thought, like Kansas right now, if they're really looking at Lance Leipold and Jeff, and Jeff Monken, I love it. 
because you're not flashy there. The less miles thing, even if you know you didn't have these issues off the field uh, with the Kansas stuff, which or the LSU stuff, which should have researched, but not to get sidetracked. Like you can't go for the flash there. You have to go for a development program, and that's why Whitman this time around went for the guy who who's seen it done at Kansas State, who's seen it done at Iowa, and has seen it done at Wisconsin. Because what do they do? They got recruits who fit their system and they developed them into really good players, formed an identity, and then they just fed on that and fed on that. And then, yeah, eventually you start landing better recruiting classes, but you just know what you want, you go get it, and you develop them. It might not be the sexiest thing in the world. You might not have the highest rankings in the world. But uh, right now you're at 31, which is nice. That'll change. It'll fluctuate, whatever it is. But I, I do think for them, you know, some of that stuff being 31 and six in the Big Ten right now, it's a nice little sell. Now, it's a nice little sell, and I think that matters for them right now to have some buzz, even if, you know, Hank Beatty's, you know, a low three-star right now. They wanted him. And to get them on board early helps you with other in-state kids. It helps you project your program as, hey, kids want to be here. And maybe that can help you land some more that you want. And that brings us back to art and the understanding that they believe in their development system. Yep. And they believe in looking at these skills and their development system. And look, I will say, I think we saw some of that with Lovey, right? I mean, this player can run X, Y, Z. We'll teach him the football stuff. That, that part of it never really for the most part, I mean, the, the, I think his first recruiting class, right? Yeah. I think that was, I, I think that class was pretty successful, and I, I love that recruiting class when they signed it. Look what Palchewski's turned into, Vidarian Lowe, and you know Kendrick Green's going to get drafted, and Nate Hobbs has a chance to get drafted, right? Like those are that was a really good class, and then they just didn't maintain that. Right, and some of the development on some of those other ends, when you're not maintaining those classes and the development slows down, you kind of find yourself in a, a little bit of a hole. So, I mean, it's not – the point is what Brett's doing isn't all that wild, right? Believing in who he wants to get, getting them, and trusting they'll develop, and they've just done it with the quarterback. We'll see if it, uh, if it works out and if it lands, but I think it's April 28th. I think we're going to see – you know, exit meetings and, and, and spring ball and, and all of the, the body of work that a lot of these kids have as they now finish up a semester. We'll see what that looks like roster wise moving forward. We're going to find out a lot more about what Brett Bielma thinks of his roster that he inherited. Right. We found out what he thought of the super seniors when he wanted them back. Right. And now we will figure out what he thinks about those other classes whether it's, hey, you know, this kid decides to move on or, or where they're adding transfers. And I think today Sikowski was what they thought about the quarterback room and that they needed an upgrade there and someone who fit them a little bit better. All right, Joey Wagner, the offseason never, never stops. Um, any DeMonte Williams thoughts before we get out? We'll, we'll get a podcast just for him. But uh, I think we knew this was happening. Trent kind of gave it away the other day. But I would love to see a DeMonte Williams like offensive explosion where he averages like 10 points a game. But good to have a culture guy back, right? Good to have a defender back. And I think he's going to play more of his two to three role, hopefully, if they can land another four or Coleman Hawkins can develop. I know there's a lot to be played out in that offseason, but that's a, it's a bonus, huge bonus for Illinois to get one of the better defenders on your team, one of the tougher guys, and to have Trent and him kind of leading that culture to this kind of uncertain phase after I.O. We'll see about Kofi. We'll see about the assistants. Um, nothing but good things with DeMonte coming back. It's a great voice to have in the locker room, especially regardless of what Kofi or what happens with the assistants. There's going to be a lot of younger faces in there, maybe some younger faces like Andre Corbello, who's asked to be – more of a leader and DeMonte and Trent can really help guide them through that. It was just really the most DeMonte Williams five o'clock news dump of all time. I, frankly, I wish we still did faxes. Cause that if, if there was ever a Michael Jordan, I'm back fax with the man who has probably said about that many words to the media in four years, it would have been such a perfect uh, scene. Will we have a DeMonte Williams zoom press conference and two, will he, will he do a Andy Katz zoom thing like Trent did not if he has anything to say about it <laughs> I you know I just moved to Champagne. I could almost hear the, the sound of his his hand smacking a basketball on a rebound and pummeling that ball into the court as he drove up <laughs> up the floor um it's uh look we you know we kind of joke about him and his uh well what's pretty clearly a disdain for doing media I mean let's not sugarcoat it 
But DeMonte's a fun guy to cover. He doesn't show us a lot of who he is. Uh, but he's a really good voice in that locker room for a lot of reasons. I think people see that he he does all of the little things. He's going to get in. He's going to toss it up a little bit. He's going to smack talk a little bit. He's going to get nose to nose. He's, he's not going to let anyone say anything. And he, he's just somebody, you, if you can get next, if you can get six extra years of Devontae Williams, you take them until he's ready to go elsewhere because he's just a good dude to have around. So is Trent Frazier. You know, like I had Daryl Morcell on our, like our transfer list. He's not that different. You know, Daryl scores a little bit more, but Demonte's a better shooter, and now there might be some other opportunities. So I'm, I'm just saying, man, if like if he shoots forty percent from three, I'm not even saying like fifty-five, like he shot this year. If he shoots forty percent from three, this is a guy that's gonna have more shots, right? Just like Trent next year, and, and to have those two guys back in that backcourt, like with Plummer, with with uh, you know Andre Curbelo, it's a pretty good backcourt. Now you just got to fill in in the front court. Um, Kofi would be the big one; would make you probably a top fifteen, top ten team. Uh, but even if you add a, a four that can that can really help you, whether it's Trey Mitchell or Joe Tabway or whoever we're talking about, um, I, I think that's a, that's a pretty good roster despite uh, everything that you could lose. All right, Joey Wagner. If you, walk, if you walk out of here with that roster after, and look, we we don't know what happens with the assistance if if Kofi comes back or he doesn't. What this could have been, yeah. And there's still a lot of ball game left, but you're probably maybe pouring a little bit extra in the wine glass if you're Brad Underwood before this thing starts. Yeah, and you think about the super senior rule, what it means for both Illinois basketball and football. Wow, what what it could look like without those without that rule uh, for both of them? Uh, it's it's a pretty big boost to them. Of course, a lot of other teams are getting that boost as well. All right, Joey Wagner, appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. All right, there you go. Chat about Art Sikowski, his addition to Illinois, what it means, what he did at Rutgers, and obviously the freshman year not very good, but uh, does have talent, did show some growth the last couple of years. We'll see how Illinois is able to develop him. All right, always appreciate you listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Going to dive into some film here of Art Sikowski the last couple of years and going to focus on the sophomore, junior year more to see what he did. But uh, last year had some pretty good games, including in a win uh, for them. So I'm looking forward to diving into that and, and give you guys a little bit more context into what he brings. For the latest on Illinois football recruiting, their additions certainly heating up here. And for the latest on Illinois basketball, of course, as we wait uh, to see what happens else uh, in this offseason season, including the assistant coaches, check out IlliniInquire.com. As always, follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever. Uh, Give us a follow. We appreciate that. Rate us, review us as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.